Hi, I'm Dr. Taryn McCarthy, business owner, orthodontist, motivational speaker, and mom. After 20 years of striving for success in business, I'm starting the conversation about the business of happiness. True success in life is realized when we achieve inner fulfillment. Join me in the conversation with business leaders and entrepreneurs looking to reignite their passions and redefine success. Welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and today is going to be a great day because we are talking about something that I am so passionate about, and that is that your beliefs dictate and create your reality. I believe so strongly in our ability to color and to create the world around us, and that you really can change your reality. You can change the direction and the course of your life and impact your happiness in every day. And one of the fundamental parts about this is your belief system. That's what we're looking at today is how do your beliefs actually affect the truth and the reality of your life. Thank you for joining me last time when we were interviewing Jay Reese, fascinating author writing this book about a family investigating their superpowers and healing decisions that their forefathers had made and how it's impacting their current day reality. Fascinating book, and I highly recommend it to anybody. And definitely check out that interview if this sounds of interest to you. And I also wanted to take this opportunity to give a shout out to our newest Beehive members on the Business of Happiness Hive, our private Facebook group where we support one another in this journey and pursuit of happiness and lots of tools and tips shared there, resources for us to be able to find success at work and in life and redefine success for ourselves. So a big shout out to Chloe, Mary Kay, Gwen, Allison, Rebecca, Jonathan, Sherry, Melissa, hey Melissa, and Eva. Welcome to the Business of Happiness Hive. If any of you are interested in joining us there, please look us up. And as always, if any of this is of great support and intrigue and interest to you, please share the Business of Happiness with a colleague or a friend who you think could find value from it. This is a perfect example today when we're talking about beliefs because this is something that so many of us can relate to. The fact that beliefs can be enormous motivators and incentives for changing habits. Just by altering your belief, you can actually change your behaviors because every behavior is belief-driven. And we also know that beliefs can sometimes attach themselves to us in such a powerful way, so much stickiness, if you will, that it's really difficult for us to move beyond something sometimes, even though we can rationally tell ourselves the reality of a situation, our beliefs are so steadfast and prevent us sometimes from really growing and changing. And I'll give you an example of this and that beliefs can have blinders on them. 
tell me if this has ever happened to you, but have you ever lost something and looked for it in its place where you really believe it belongs and just cannot see it, even though it's right in front of your eyes? This happened to me the other day with my AirPods. I keep my AirPods in their case, they're self-charging, and so that's where they always go. They come out of my ears and go straight into my case. In fact, I don't even have them without the case ever. And I went to look for them in my bag, my Embrace Orthodontics bag that my team gave me for Christmas. Thank you, team. And that's where I keep my AirPods, so they're always accessible, and I believe that I have the same process every day of putting them in the case and then putting the case in my embrace bag. And when I opened my bag, there was the case as expected. And when I opened the case, the pods were gone. And you know, that belief that that's where they should be is so ingrained in me that I must have opened and closed that thing seven or eight times. I was looking in the car, I was looking in other jackets, I was looking in drawers, but I kept returning to that case and opening it, just thinking that they must be in there. My belief system was so strong about where they were. Eventually I gave up and I moved on to something else and a few hours later I was walking past that same table and there were the AirPods just a few inches away from my bag. I, I must have even moved them to get into my bag, but my belief about where they should be was so intense, I couldn't see what was right in front of my eyes. That story I'm telling you about is because it's a metaphor for sometimes our own abilities. We have such an ingrained belief about our limitations and our abilities that we can't even see it for what it truly is. And sometimes it takes stepping outside of yourself to be able to identify the reality of the situation. You know, perception is an enormous part about our, of our belief system. And we all know that story of two people who walk into a room and leave the room at the end of the experience and have two very different perceptions about the reality that took place inside that room. It's colored by our past experiences. It's colored by our emotions in the moment. It's colored by our ability to be present for the moment. And it's colored by old stories that we have about everything we see and feel and think. And that's really what our beliefs are. They're just thoughts that we keep thinking, but they're strengthened by evidence that happens outside of ourselves or evidence that we perceive as being supportive of that belief system. You know, beliefs in themselves are very complicated and they're actually fed by networks of other beliefs. So when you have a certain belief about yourself, whether it be a strength or a limitation, it usually is sourced by many other underlying beliefs. In fact, below those underlying beliefs are some core beliefs that you believe so intently in yourself that they're very difficult to budge or move or alter. And when you find that there's a habit that's really difficult to overcome or there's an achievement that you just can't seem to motivate to focus on or an accomplishment or if you find that you just 
can't find happiness in your day, it's usually got an underlying core belief. And we're going to talk about how to investigate those and how to dig through them. And then attached to those core beliefs are usually strong emotions. And that's what really makes those beliefs so personal because now we've attached an emotional attachment to the belief. And when we do so, we give it a certain sense of permanence. Some people call this faith. I call it permanence or just a, an understanding or a conviction that it will always be that way, right? That's just the way it is. Beyond that idea of permanence of the belief of the emotion attached to it is the identity that we have within ourselves. Now it becomes a part of who we are. And even beyond that, there can be further beliefs that are ingrained in us to such an extent that we have a neurobiological response whenever we're, that belief system comes up again or there's an out, outer trigger. I see this in, in the dental office all the time where patients might have a visceral response to sitting in the, in the dental chair. Their belief is so ingrained in them that I see the sweat pouring down their face. I see the hairs standing up on their arms. I can measure their blood pressure going through the roof. These are visceral autonomic responses to a belief system that's so deeply ingrained in them that they now have a neurobiological response that's not only supporting and strengthening, but giving evidence of the belief system. And the belief system in that example is just based in fear and very often is colored by traumatic events. This is where so many people who have had a traumatic event have a very difficult time working beyond the belief system that is so ingrained within it. So let's start at the very top of this ladder at the belief systems that we have that are not necessarily um, spurred by traumatic events, but just stories and negative self-talk that has created a limiting belief in us. Let's see what, how we can tease them apart and find the source or the nidus where we can have a change in belief so that we can alter our actions and actually alter our reality. Let's take a belief system for as an example. I'll use one that has in my past actually affected me significantly. And that is the belief that my life is in turmoil, that it just always is. That was a point in my life where I just thought that there was one crisis after another. I remember saying this to a friend of mine, that as soon as I recover from one crisis, there's another crisis. And I just felt like that was happening to me always. And I started looking for evidence in my past and recognizing, wow, there is just one traumatic event, one turmoil after another, and I keep being the center of these crises. And that was the story I told myself. And I told myself that story so often that it became a belief system of mine. It became an identity that I valued so much and that colored every, every um, event in my life. Everything outside of me was seen with this lens of an understanding of my belief system that 
there's always going to be turmoil in my life. It's going to keep happening. It always has, and it's going to continue forever and ever. If we look at that one statement, my life is eternal turmoil, notice how there are several other beliefs that network to strengthen that belief system. We can tease it out and see this, the other beliefs that contributed to it. So one example might be, I don't have the resources I need, right? The lack of resources. This is a sense of lack. So the emotion attached to this belief system is just that sense of lack. And this can come from all kinds of places. It can come from a story from our past. It can come historically from our generations before us. These are our people. We live in lack. This is who we are. This is our identity. This is our belief about ourselves or a community or a sense of lack in terms of financial abundance or sometimes emotional resources. My mother was this way. My grandmother was this way. I'm this way. There's nothing I can do to change it. The sense of lack. Another contributing belief might be I'm weak. I'm not the strong type. I hear this all the time when people will say to me, well, you're just happy. You're just born that way. We tell ourselves certain, certain things about ourselves that we attach to us as beliefs. Either I am happy I am not happy, I am a pessimist, I am an optimist, I am an introvert, I am an extrovert. You've heard people make these proclamations about themselves and sometimes they can be empowering but sometimes they can be limiting. In this example, I'm weak, there's a little bit of self-hatred there, a little bit of pitying of myself, that's just who I am, I'm weak. And that's contributing to that idea of my life is in eternal turmoil. I'm too weak to ever gain any kind of strength or um, control over the situation. Another way that we attach other belief systems to this one is fear. Often there's a fear-based belief that's contributing to it. The fear in this situation might be that it's always going to be that way. We tend to put our feelings and our experiences into the future and think that this is going to be on repeat for the rest of our lives. And that fear and anxiety is what fuels that belief. Another one might be anger or resentment or blame. So that belief might be that people are always taking advantage of me. My life is turmoil because people are always taking, taking, taking from me. And that's a belief system that many people fall into and puts you really in a victim situation. But you can see how these little beliefs all contribute to this one that feels like my life is just in eternal turmoil. You know, I'm going to stop at this point and tell you the story that a good friend of mine and mentor and business coach, Alan Lazaros, told. And it's this example of the little elephant who's tied to a concrete block with a chain. And no matter how hard he tries and pulls, uh, you know, to come free, he just can't move. And in this story, he's in a circus and he's being kept in one area. And the block is just heavy enough to keep a little elephant from pulling it away. And for years, he's tugging at this thing and he really can't move. And fast forward now to where the elephant is a big, strong, capable elephant 
and he doesn't even try anymore because he has this conviction that over time he's learned to perceive his weakness. He has a conviction that he can't move that block. And the reality is he can. He is strong enough, but he doesn't even try. And this is what some of these beliefs do to us, is they give us this negative perception of what we're really capable of, and they can limit us from achieving greatness. They're strengthened by these emotions that we've attached to them along the way. So how do we get out of this? How do we break this cycle so that it doesn't become an ingrained part of our identity? One technique is to take yourself out of it and put the emotion outside of yourself. When you can step back and look at it as if it belonged to somebody else and ask yourself this question, is it true and is the exact opposite possible? Is it possible that the exact opposite could be true? So could it be true that your life does not have to be eternal turmoil? Can I imagine an example of someone else, taking it out of myself for a minute, can I imagine that this is possible to live a life that isn't eternal turmoil? And the answer is, of course. I know many people who live that way, who don't have constant sources of chaos. So yes, it's possible. And then the second question is, is it possible for me? That's a really tricky one. And that's what really takes going in and teasing out those belief systems and finding out what is underlying those belief systems. How can we pull apart and see them for what they really are? And, you know, I feel passionately about the fact that the willingness to face and confront those belief systems is a fundamental part of our personal growth. It's actually a big part of our purpose and our journey is understanding why we've attached those stories to ourselves and how they limit us. And are they really true? Can we look at it critically outside of ourselves and see, is this even the truth in this situation? And can we strip it from our identity? I love the idea that um, Tony Robbins introduced about creating a reward system or a pain system that really in order to change a belief system we have to look at it as either extremely painful that we have no other choice but we have to change or look at it as such an overwhelmingly amazing reward on the other end that it draws us to it. You know we often hear the story of do you have to hit rock bottom to change? And that's where the pain becomes so intense that you have no alternative but to evaluate and confront your belief system. The story that Tony Robbins talks about is he references the Christmas Carol and Scrooge in the Christmas Carol. His eternal belief system is if he gets too close to someone, he'll get hurt. So it's much easier to just be nasty and then he doesn't get hurt because he doesn't ever get close. He never creates a relationship that he depends on for his emotions or, or for love. So if he's just really mean to everybody, he can stay safe and not be hurt. Of course, he's miserable, 
But the pain right now is not bad enough. The pain right now is not bad enough. And interesting, when we look at relationships that are painful, look at relationships that are maybe hurting us, we can tell ourselves a story that he might change. I might change. Maybe in the past, he was really mean. Maybe right now, he's really mean. But there's a potential for him to change. So there's not enough pain yet for us to change our behavior or change our belief system about our worthiness. When Tony Robbins talks about the Scrooge, he reminds us that in one night, he was able to change his belief system and subsequently his behavior pattern. And the way that happened was he was visited by these three ghosts. I don't know if you know the story, but what the ghosts showed him was, look, in the past, this was really hurtful and painful for you to have this behavior. In the present, this is really hurtful and painful for you to have this same behavior. And let me show you what the future really looks like. It looks hurtful and painful. So the truth bomb in that moment was, this is rock bottom. This is as bad as it gets. This is pain. It is not going to change. If you don't change your behavior, you will continue to feel this pain. So there was enough evidence for him to change his belief system and realized, man, there's got to be another way. I really love the idea of creating an idea of how pleasurable could it be on the other side. And this is where I often speak to my clients and in my presentations about the permission to dream because we all have the ability to imagine something even better than this. If not this reality, then what would be so much better? So instead of needing to go to that place of absolute rock bottom before we change our belief system about ourselves, can we imagine something so spectacular and then attach to that spectacular outcome a different belief system of worthiness, a different belief system of capability, a different belief system of our ingrained ability to positively impact our outside world. And we do so with repetition. Journaling or creating a mantra for yourself. But as I mentioned before, beliefs are just a thought you keep thinking. And sometimes we can even change that belief by changing the thought pattern. I've done this for myself in my own life, even without actually believing it at first, just saying it over and over again, and then starting to look for evidence of it when I've just decided I'm not willing to accept this belief any longer. I'm not willing to let this color my reality. Once again, it's that willingness to confront your own belief system that is fundamental to growth, and it really takes a lot of courage and it takes time, and it takes patience, and it also takes forgiveness because we have to uh, forgive ourselves for the growth that we've had to endure over time. We have to forgive ourselves for mistakes that we've made in the past. And all of that is wrapped up in our belief of being able to do something differently next time. I'll leave you with a quote from James Allen who said, the outer conditions of a person's life will always be found to reflect their 
inner beliefs. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited for you guys to hear next episode with Lindsay Lewis. She's an EFT, Emotional Freedom Tapping Coach. And this plays so well on today's episode in that she really addresses those neural pathways that have already been ingrained based on certain belief systems and experiences and how to change that neural pathway with a physical action of tapping. There are many other ways of doing this, EMDR, medications, chemicals, those kinds of things can change that association as well. But next week, next episode, we're going to be focusing on tapping. And it's a powerful resource if you ever need even more support in terms of changing and altering your belief system. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this was a wonderful resource for you and of great value. It is always my intention to bring you the absolute truth that I believe in my heart, and that is that you are so much more capable than you give yourself credit for, and you have the ability to paint your own reality, to paint your own success, and you have the ability to find happiness in every day. Until next time, have a fabulous day. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining me on this week's episode of the Business of Happiness podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you know of a colleague who could benefit from the perspective, empower their day and share this episode with them. Or check out more episodes at embracethelead.com. I look forward to exploring fulfillment in business with you again next week. And remember, today is going to be a great day.